Section 8 of In Italy with the 332nd Infantry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. In Italy with the 332nd Infantry by Joseph L. Letow. Chapter 7 treviso after the drive rome once inside the gates we were happy despite our hunger and cold for both were soon forgotten and in addition the boys who had remained in treviso to guard our stores and forward supplies shared their bunks with us it may be well to say a little more about these lads who had remained at our base when the regiment marched to the front there were about one hundred and fifty of them but as men came from the hospitals and could not join us in austria this casual detachment as it came to be known doubled in numbers and occupied all available space at the time of our unexpected arrival they had a fairly elastic organization accustomed to serving meals at all hours treviso had now taken on a different aspect by day and by night the war being over many citizens had returned the market-place livened up on market days and the boards came off the house windows the stores opened but at noon according to custom they closed from twelve to two while the shopkeepers retired to their beds at night with no fear of air raids shades were not pulled down and the street lights were lit while italian soldiers singing o solo mio and other favorites made the nights cheery besides americans there were british and italian soldiers in treviso with many soldiers and the great number of citizens returning home it was difficult to obtain a building for regimental headquarters so it was not until the fifth day after returning to treviso that we found a home which provided room for four offices and sleeping quarters for the detachment and the band the line companies of the first battalion were stationed in an italian barracks they had little to do other than the usual fatigue and a small amount of drilling most of the afternoon and evening was free but with the lack of amusement the hours hung heavily later the y m c a helped with a reading room and canteen and the english who had leased a theatre entertained us with shows and movies Many walked across country in search of souvenirs, visiting prison camps and battlefields in the region of the Piave, and before long barracks bags were filled with shells, copper paper knives, Austrian helmets, and even rifles and swords. With plenty of time, a great fad of decorating shells took hold, and some beautifully decorated shells resulted. Our pleasures and anticipations, however, were tempered with sorrow, for during the latter part of november there was a funeral nearly every day my friend died november twenty seventh and he and another friend were buried november twenty ninth the bodies in boxes draped with the american flag were placed in a truck the band played a funeral march and the sorrowful procession started besides the band and truck there were in the procession the chaplain the firing squad the pallbearers and the friends of the deceased at the italian cemetery we advanced to a corner where there were many new unpainted crosses 
on the tops of which were nailed the aluminum identification discs worn by every soldier the chaplain read his prayers over the remains the bodies were lowered and thus ended the earthly career of these brave lads who were never to see their loved ones in this life two new wooden crosses were added to the others and later two little numbered stones were placed on the graves the band formed and as it marched up the street struck up a lively march according to custom shortly after we were in receipt of a communication from earl cavan who had commanded our army corps during the drive in his letter he commended the regiment on its conduct and awarded the regiment the english distinguished service order at this time the good feeling which had existed between the italian and american soldiers threatened to end many of us thought that the original cause was cigarettes and tobacco in the first place when the americans received permission to bring cigarettes and tobacco into italy the italian government insisted that none be sold to italians therefore when the doughboys came from the y and the commissary with cigarettes the italians who could buy only twenty of the atrocious macedonian cigarettes a week from their stores wished to purchase american cigarettes now the americans could not sell them to the italians without violating the command of the italian government however finding that they could not buy cigarettes the italians began to beg them at first the boys were generous but eventually an american could not step from his billet without finding several italians waiting to say cigaretta it grew tiresome this cigaretta and when an american hothead met an italian hothead the inevitable resulted the feeling thus started spread in other directions the people of europe italians not excepted seemed to think it legitimate to grossly overcharge when the opportunity arose in some of the italian stores there are signs which read fixed prices but like many signs they meant nothing the way to buy in italy is to ask the price of an article and upon obtaining it divide it by two three or four and if you really want the article haggle and walk toward the door several times until the storekeeper comes near your price this was an unusual method for americans and much ill will resulted when the americans entered italy an agreement was made between the two governments as to amounts and kinds of food the italian government was to furnish the american soldiers after we were in italy there were times of course when certain articles were not available and therefore could not have been issued to the americans however as the supply company men know there were other times when the italians refused to issue foodstuffs on the grounds that they did not have them the american sergeants refused to believe them and upon forcing their way into the italian commissary found the foodstuffs there on another occasion the paying officer and his assistants placed their safe with money for the troops at fiumi and cataro in an italian railroad car american guards were placed with a safe officious italians with no justifiable reason put guard and money off the car rather than create trouble the american captain was man enough to hold his peace for the time the matter was taken up with the italian authorities and the captain finally succeeded in getting his money to the men on other occasions i have been told 
is only the backbone of the american boys in charge of the american mail that prevented sneering italian officials from cutting open and going through the mailbags containing not only personal mail but united states government official mail these matters were generally adjusted but no guarantee seemed capable of preventing a recurrence it seemed to many of us from the treatment accorded americans that the united states of america was a fourth-rate power cringing and begging for the goodwill of powerful majestic italy possibly and i prefer to think it the government of italy was doing all for us that it could i believe that our troubles arose from officers below the rank of general who were tainted with bolshevism and saturated with self-importance it seemed also that some of the higher american officers cared more for the smile of an italian official than for their countrymen's welfare in the early part of december it was decided to send about forty convalescent soldiers of the third battalion together with the mail and baggage to fiume accordingly arrangements were made for them to leave on a fast train saturday december fourteenth however the time of departure was postponed by the italians to the next morning and then again put off until the afternoon at two p m the six soldiers arrived at the station to enter their box cars which stood on a siding strange to say when inquiry was made not an italian official knew anything about the disposal of these cars it was finally decided that they would go forward monday morning at this time the boys boarded the box cars and at noon the train left treviso after a few miles it was held up for two hours and at casarsa the engine put the cars on a siding and departed it was a cold damp night and the box cars were poor shelter for sick men tuesday morning came but there was no sign of an engine and the station officials could not say when a train for fiume would arrive in the afternoon the cars were moved along about ten miles and here again the officials knew nothing hearing that the rome triste express came through porto gruaro the american lieutenant in charge decided to send all but six men on the express the officials made out the necessary passes and when the express arrived the men boarded it however an italian policeman ordered them off and was supported by an italian colonel who said enlisted men were not allowed to ride on the express the lieutenant appealed to the station master who then admitted that the colonel was right the american explained that the men were sick but he received only insults and refusal from the officious colonel the station master promised another train that evening but none arrived and on thursday the lieutenant thoroughly angry wired a higher official and at three p m the cars moved out of porto Cruaro. again that night the cars were sidetracked but the lieutenant quickly obtained action here and with several more delays finally reached fiume at noon december twenty first instead of a ten or twelve hour ride five days and five nights were required to make the trip this is a sample of the treatment which makes the three hundred and thirty second anxious for another war in italy after the english had left treviso the american y leased the town theatre for vaudeville band concerts and pictures our band gave several grand concerts here which were greatly enjoyed incidentally the y made itself popular with the boys by 
charging them to hear their own band play the interior of the theatre consisted of an orchestra and several tiers of boxes instead of a gallery and balcony as in our theatres just before thanksgiving nine men dressed in german civilian clothes made of paper came into our midst they were thoroughly questioned and examined and it was established beyond doubt that they were american soldiers wounded and captured in the chateau thierry drive they had been sent across france and germany into poland along with hundreds of other prisoners they did not complain of their treatment at the hands of the germans but said that they had not obtained proper food nor proper medical attention they told of operations undergone without anesthetics at their first opportunity they had made their escape a few weeks later an american captain found his way into treviso and his story brought out the fact that he had been commander of some of the nine men mentioned above he was greatly surprised to find american soldiers in italy the red cross assisted us materially from their great supplies they gave us blankets pajamas socks sweaters and much food we had been unable to obtain potatoes for several weeks but the red cross furnished us with them as the censorship was off the mail many began to send home souvenirs and sometimes the post office had to refuse austrian helmets for the office was full of them about the first of december we received a red white and green service stripe from the italian government which denoted four months service on the italian front this was immediately christened the macaroni bar a few days later december eighth we received the american gold v for six months overseas service christmas which we had so fondly hoped would see us on the way home at last came during the day nothing special occurred except that the christmas boxes from home were distributed and this served to impress the thought of home more firmly upon the mind however there were many private celebrations and at six thirty p m about twenty of us filed into the dining-room and prepared to partake of a real christmas dinner the splendid meal consisted of soup fish mashed potatoes turkey dressing gravy sweet corn bread butter pumpkin pie cornstarch pudding with peaches and cream coffee wine champagne and fruit punch the whole was most excellently prepared by a quartet of the best cooks who ever donned a khaki uniform during the evening speeches stories and songs obliterated the mean walls and took us back home to our dear america it was a most successful dinner and christmas night many rumors filled the air these days some said we were going to fiume some said triste while others more imaginative said the balkans all seemed agreed however that home was in the distant future with few exceptions the life in treviso was a humdrum existence the rest after the strenuous days before the armistice was very welcome but the long idleness gave the men too much time to think of home naturally they became discontented this frame of mind was capable of producing mischief so in the early part of december passes were given to venice milan and other nearby towns venice just nineteen miles away drew most of the visitors 
since railways were owned by the government no fare was paid by the military a pass from the commanding officer with the regimental staff being all the authority required the conductors could not read english so the boys unable to obtain authorized passes made their own and these were accepted so long as they bore a signature in december we learned that president wilson would be in rome january third nineteen nineteen so on january first a detachment consisting of the band and an honor guard of twenty-five were sent to greet him after a twenty-four-hour ride we reached the eternal city and were shown to an italian barracks and later to the red cross quarters which were more satisfactory with a consuming desire to see the great city we were soon on our way to st peter's and the vatican and their many wonders which however i shall not here attempt to describe in the morning of january third we prepared to welcome the president our band and guard we learned with dismay were not considered by the italians to be necessary in the parade of welcome so this pleasure being denied them the boys planned a welcome of their own and the thin column of yanks attempted to break through the mass of people at via nazionale the spectators a score deep were held off the street by a solid cordon of soldiers who reached from the station to the president's palace the soldiers seeing the americans endeavor to break through the line called for reinforcements but italy has neglected football in a few minutes the thin american column was over the line was reformed and was marching up amid the applause of the romans and the discomfiture of the italian officers at the station the khaki-clad column formed its own cordon of welcome rome was in holiday attire this morning via nazionale the main business street was ablaze with italian and american flags and with standards of the italian provinces rome had not seen such crowds in days just before ten a m the cabinet members senators deputies general diaz admiral de ravel the american ambassador and other ambassadors arrived at the station followed shortly by the king of italy a fanfare of trumpets sounded as the train arrived and the star-spangled banner was played king and president shook hands and the various presentations were made amid continuous and frenzied applause waving flags and handkerchiefs the party passed slowly down via nazionale to the quirinal palace which the italians had given over to the president the next morning the band and guard marched to the residence of the american ambassador thomas n page where president wilson was giving luncheon to the italian king the band was to play during the meal and the honor guard at last was given a chance to honor the president about twelve thirty p m the shouts of the people who lined the streets proclaimed the popularity and approach of the president as his party entered the courtyard the opening strains of the star-spangled banner greeted him and he smiled broadly as he passed within a few minutes the king and queen of italy arrived followed by italian statesmen and high army officers among whom was general diaz the idol of the italians the large dining table to which all repaired was beautifully decorated with huge clusters of red and white flowers at both ends of the hall the american and italian colors were hung side by side 
emblematic of the manner in which italian and american had stood throughout the great war so gloriously ended after the luncheon when the guests had departed someone remembered that the band and guard had not eaten and we were led to the same dining table used by the elite for the benefit of the rest of the regiment who were not present i give the menu roast pigeon steak cake ice cream champagne etc etc we had expected to remain in rome for several days but to our astonishment and disappointment we were ordered the next morning to get ready to take the noon train to treviso we had seen enough of rome however to put firmly in our hearts the desire to return end of section eight